I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to the Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we keep the rationalist community informed about what's going on outside of the rationalist community. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode number 87. We're recording on July 17th, 2023. Uh, looks like we don't have any feedback or follow-up, so we'll go straight into the new news. Top story, inflation is over. Yay! You people who thought inflation was going to last forever, David. According I to whom, though? I never thought it was going to last forever. <laughs> I just thought it was going to get worse before it gets better. Well, it did. did it? it got better. Um, It rose 0.2% last month Um, in the month over month numbers in the yearly numbers. It's only up 3% Um, and it's almost entirely uh, that 3% is almost entirely like rent on housing. Ooh, that's good news for me. Yeah, right. Good for landlords. The scum of the earth. Which is why we need Georgian land taxes, everybody. Stop letting me skim off of the (laughs) excess of society. Eniash must be stopped. (laughs) <laughs> I'm slowly taking over the world, and I'm not even trying that hard. Come on, guys. Uh, you know, I think I think this is a win for Team Transitory. Uh, what's Team Transitory? It's every- I, I like I like my penis. What? <laughs> Will you stop making everything about your penis? <laughs> You're the this- one trying to transitory my penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've managed to make this about your penis and trans people. Your two favorite topics. No, my favorite topics include ladies, sir. (laughs) See, you say that, but then what are you always talking about? Trans people (laughs) and my penis, apparently. Uh, But this has nothing to do with that. We're talking about uh, inflation of the economy, not of your penis. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you clarified. Yeah. Uh, Transitory, team transitory were all the people who thought when inflation was rising that we could just you know, kind of like kick back and chill and not do too much, and it would eventually come down um, in not in not too long of a time frame because it was all weird pandemic stuff and, like, supply chain disruptions. And once all that got fixed, the inflation should come back down. Uh, hold up a minute, though. The Fed actually did a whole lot of things. They did, but... So you're, that three transitory loss, then, because it required a lot of intervention. Well, well, um, no. Because, and David, correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding is that the consensus among economists is that Fed interest rate hikes don't really affect inflation for about 12 months. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Do an economist? I'm not a macro economist. Uh, I'm a real economist. The entire reason you're here is to answer my economics questions. Also the war questions. questions about real economics and not macro. Hmm. Well, my understanding is the Fed rate hikes historically have not done anything uh, on inflation for about 12 months. Um, And this is it has not been 12 months since they started um, doing rate hikes. And the the peak was like right right when they started doing the rate hikes, Um, which like even the most, you know, Fed positive people out there don't think it could act that quickly. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely evidence for team transitory. Uh, but I don't think it's over till it's over, and I don't think it's over quite yet. So, uh, yeah, I guess if it keeps on staying low, then I will have been wrong, but I'm not ready to call that quite yet. <laughs> All right, I agree. Wes was right. 
In a quick Wes was wrong update, oh, no. it was March 16th of 2022 when the uh, Fed first raised the first interest rate. So it's been about a year and a year and four months. All right. But the the interest uh, the inflation's been been coming down on like a pretty steady incline since basically since then. they started raising rates. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. All right. OK. All right. Next story. Uh, this is a fun one. A crazy Trump judge issued an injunction uh, banning the government from talking to social media companies. Is this the same crazy Trump judge that is going to be taking his case and letting him get away no. with everything? So okay. there's, there's, there's different flavors of crazy Trump judge. Most mm. crazy Trump judges are just in the tank for conservative causes. The, the one that has his case is like in the tank for Trump personally. Ah, okay. So she's extra crazy. Yes. All right. Um, but th- I mean, they're 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 both crazy and they're both like terrible judges. But it's just a question of like, what are they trying to do? Uh, this, this judge partic- is trying to do, um, you know, conservative stuff like Republican stuff. Um, okay. Judge Eileen Cannon is specifically trying to keep Trump out of jail. Now, if a crazy Trump judge does something good, do we still need to call them a crazy Trump judge? I mean, are they still crazy? I dude, I don't know. I mean, I, there's lots of sane Trump judges. Uh, so we don't need to call them a crazy Trump judge, but they are still a crazy Trump judge. Yeah. That's my take. And okay. I also agree with you, Wes, or Inyash, uh, or at least I agree with what you were implying. Uh, <laughs> the purpose behind this ruling was to stop the government from, I think we're calling it jawboning now. Yes. Where they basically go to these companies and say, Hey, we've got that pesky First Amendment, but you guys are free corporations. But, you know, you've got all this misinformation by which we mean things we don't like on your platform. And if you did something about it, then we wouldn't have to cripple your business with regulations. So, you know, do whatever you want with that. And yeah, I like this is a very clumsy way to stop that from happening, but. I'm glad that it's happening. That is what I was going with, yeah. Uh, so I agree with the sentiment. I'm not glad this is happening because it's so clumsy. Uh, I think this is, is like way overbroad. It's like you can't, it's just the government can't contact social media companies. You know, if the government hadn't abused their power in this way, they could still talk to social media companies. But since they fucked it up so hard, I'm okay just taking away the... Uh, the, the keys entirely. Well, I've got bad news for you, Eniash. What's that? The ruling the was stayed news? by the Fifth Circuit. The fucking Fifth Circuit. Is the, do we hate the one, the Fifth Circuit? Is that a good circuit or a bad circuit? Uh, it's kind of a bad circuit, but because it's so conservative. Mm. So, Wait, so a conservative yes, circuit? Because this was an insane ruling. I don't know, man. I, I think taking power away from the government is great. Right, but like judges can't just be like, I don't like government power, so no government power. I thought you said judges can do anything. (laughs) That's true. There should be a law, but the government isn't about to make a law saying that they can't break the law, so we need judges to do it. I think I've repeated this joke on the podcast before, but it's my favorite joke about uh, uh, U.S. federal judges, so I'll repeat it again. Uh, Do you guys know what the difference between God and a U.S. federal judge is? What's the difference? God doesn't think he's a U.S. federal judge. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've heard that one before. Pretty nice. I have heard a variation on that before from from lawyers. 
who love to joke about judges. I makes sense if this is how bad they are. Um. So yeah, this 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 judge is bad. This ruling was bad, and it got immediately stayed. And the Fifth Circuit's almost certainly going to overturn it. If he does that, then does that mean it goes up to the Supreme Court? It, if the Supreme Court grants certiorari, they don't have to. All right. They might. They're pretty crazy, mm. too. Probably not going to happen, though, huh? Um, Probably not. I think the conservatives probably know they don't have the votes to, hold, to, to, to uphold this. Like, Kavanaugh and Roberts are, are not going to vote for this. Wait, so the stay from the Fifth Circuit was on bonk? No, it was a three-judge panel. Okay. Now, they can move to have it considered on bunk, um, but the stay remains in place until th- they get a new ruling. If it gets the on bonk, does it go to horny jail? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Enia. Uh, <laughs> quick footnote for our listeners who don't know what that means. That's what it's called when a circuit court gives a ruling uh, as usually part of a three-judge panel possibly always as a three-judge panel, I'm not certain, uh, and someone wants to appeal it, but not quite to the Supreme Court yet, and then they can have the case reviewed by the entire panel of judges on that circuit. Yeah, and circuit courts have, like, 15 to 20 judges usually, and they just randomly pick three to hear each case. So when you, you move for an en banc rehearing, it's saying that have the whole circuit court hear this, and, and then they get to have the whole court vote on what they think the outcome should be i'm actually not sure you can do that with an emergency stay Hmm. because that's not that's not a a ruling on the merits now once the once the three judge panel hears the case and makes a ruling then you can move to have it reheard on bunk but i would be surprised if you can actually do that with just an administrative stay 15 to 20 judges would make a heck of a bunk are you are you still making the same joke I need to be sent to horny jail. (laughs) All right. Anyone have any more comments on this before we move on? I like that they're trying to use a weird trick to limit government power. Well, if you like weird tricks, you'll love this next story, which is one weird trick that the Wisconsin governor used to... So, in Wisconsin, they have what's called a line item veto. Guys, I just want you to know this is about to be the most epic story you're going to hear all year. It, so that's true. It's also going to reduce your IQ by like two or three points. <laughs> so a, a line item veto is a thing where the governor, instead of just either signing or vetoing a bill, can veto specific parts of the bill and then pass the rest of it. Um, this has been held unconstitutional for the federal government to do because it's insane. But apparently, Wisconsin not only allows this, but does it all the time and has passed laws about like what, how you're allowed to do it. So this is like endorsed by the judiciary and the legislature. Now, Wes, if you were to have a line item veto and you were a state legislature, wouldn't you think that you like you can remove specific clauses in their entirety? Yeah, that's how it was always done back when the federal government did it. But but for some reason, it, it seems like they didn't go that right. uh, that route. It's called a line item veto because they would just take out whole lines. Yeah, they'd just be like, not this so. one. Now in Wisconsin, what they did was the government just vetoed a couple of numbers and a dash. <laughs> <laughs> so he changed 
<laughs> like the the two year education funding to four hundred year education funding. So it said twenty twenty two to twenty three with a dash. He deleted the two zero at the beginning of twenty twenty two and the dash between twenty two and twenty three. So it turned out to be funding increases up until the year two thousand two hundred and thirty three. If if that I'm remembering correctly, um, I think it was even longer than that. It's like twenty four something. Okay. But that's, it's not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I heard this, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's that's very fun that he did that. But surely the court <laughs> is going to overturn this because mm-hmm. you can't run a state like this. But no, apparently they do this all the time. And I'm going to I'm going to link this in the show notes. But there's a whole sordid history of the line item veto in Wisconsin. That they call the Frankenstein veto. Because you can just cut out parts of words and stick them together. Yeah. Apparently you could veto individual letters to make new words. Yeah. Up until 1990. No, they banned doing that in 1990. <laughs> and after this latest chicanery, a judge said that the veto was kosher because the 1990 law only banned words, right. not numbers and dashes. <laughs> So you, yeah, so in 1990, they were like, all right, this is getting out of hand. You can't just veto individual letters to make new words. Um, but uh, we're going to keep the rest of it. Um, so, yeah, this one's okay because it's not letters. It's numbers. Totally different. It's like one of those memes where someone takes three paragraphs that some intelligent person wrote and blacks out everything except for the letters that spell out, I am a stupid gay or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh and this is the law process in Wisconsin. I'm going to isolate that audio and put it at the beginning. <laughs> Eniac going, I am a stupid gay. I deserve that. And it is a perfect example of how this sort of veto works. Um, yeah, 2008, they updated it to ban combining two sentences to make a new sentence. Uh, so you can still veto individual words. Don't worry. But they, they have to be in the same sentence. Ah, okay. Which... Does that mean you can change shall not be infringed to shall be infringed just by deleting the not? Yes. Beautiful. Right? This, what this is this? This is the sort of thing that, that makes me think we might be in a simulation. You, you only see this on ridiculous cartoon parody shows. Right, you heard it here, folks. Wisconsin is a simulation. Yeah, I mean, Always we've already been. established multiple times that this is, in fact, the stupidest possible timeline. So, <laughs> checks out. I mean, Wisconsin's making a good play for stupidest possible state. Honestly, this should have been in the happy news because it's so hilarious. Oh my god, it's it really is. I love this story. Mm-hmm. I hope they do this. I hope they do so much more of this. This is this is what I want our podcast to be about now. It's Wisconsin <laughs> Frankenstein veto laws. Barbie movie <laughs> censoring. <laughs> uh, but sadly, we do probably have to move on. Because we have other stories to get to. Yeah, this next one is mine. About a worse country. One of the worst countries, in fact. Because they don't got no freedom. (laughs) Which country are we talking about? (laughs) We're talking about the UK, where you can't say words. Yeah, fuck that place. Anyone who lives there should move to a better place, like Denver. (laughs) (laughs) The UK is passing an online safety bill. It is not passed yet. I like safety. Oh, safety's great. Yeah. 
it has not passed yet, but all signs look like it is It is almost passed and it's going to pass. The UK online safety bill requires all tech companies to include backdoors in all encryption. This applies to all companies that have users in the UK. So uh, nothing that you send anywhere in the UK will be safe and the stated purpose of this is to allow the government to scan all things that you send to make sure there's no child porn in them. Well, Eniash, how can we be safe if the government can't read all of our messages? You know, you make a compelling point. So this law sucks, and whoever proposed it or whatever should feel bad. But I am quite confident it's not going to pass. The reason why is mm-hmm. that the CIA has their own in-house secure uh, messaging um, software. But back in the 2010s at some point, I don't remember exactly when, uh, the Chinese cracked it and a whole bunch of the CIA's assets in China got disappeared. Ooh. Since then, a lot of agency handlers have switched over to using Signal for secure communications. And therefore, I predict that uh, whoever has the swing votes on this particular bill are going to get a nice knock on the door from some nice men in black suits. That may be the case, but alternatively, Signal has already said that they will stop, um, just stop servicing people in the users in the UK entirely, along with uh, Apple and Wikipedia also has said they're going to pull out of uh, letting people in the UK use Wikipedia. I don't know why Wikipedia... Probably just in solidarity, since they don't use encryption. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a number of countries are just saying, like, uh, not countries, a number of companies, including, you know, fucking Apple, is saying, like, yeah, I guess users in the UK just will not be able to use our stuff. Uh, which means, I guess, UK is going back to the golden age of uh, floppies, because they won't have tech companies that interact with their population anymore. Eniash? Yeah? I want to congratulate you on throwing around words like backdoor and yeah. pulling out. Yeah, Without making floppy. any puerile jokes. Well, this was my story, so you've, I had some respect for really it. You've really grown as a person. <laughs> I'd like to grow every evening, sir. Oh if this was your story, I would have fucked it up somehow, I'm I sure. I'm sure you would have. Um, yeah. I like I like David's take because it implies that the UK is America's bitch. So I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Um, so if this fails to pass, you know why. Because America... I hope if it does pass, then Apple and Signal really do pull out. Uh, the lamest timeline would be that this passes, but they carve out special exception, exemptions for, you know, Apple and Signal and a few other things. Oh God, that would be the lamest. Yeah. So it's probably what's going to happen. Yep. All right. Well, we'll keep our eye on that. Um, oh, this will be great because we'll get a, an Eniash was wrong or a David was wrong. Ooh. But we both... You guys haven't been wrong enough recently. That's <laughs> true. There was no wrongness right? at the beginning of this like, episode. We had like six episodes with, with a one of you two was wrong in a row. And it's been like dry since. You guys need to yeah. give, give it more takes. Our recurring segment is failing to recur. Indeed. <laughs> it's not the takes that are that we need to get wrong because those are wrong all the time. We need to get facts wrong more. More crazy predictions. That's what I want to hear. Okay. We can try that. All right. Well, here's something nobody could have predicted. Sweden is joining NATO. Didn't a lot of people predict that? Yes, everyone did. Okay. Um, All right. But as usual, Turkey was holding it up. Fucking Turkey. And for, uh, nobody's quite sure why, but they decided like, eh, all right, we give. Um, something about some kind of weapons or something that got, you know, uh, delivered to them a couple of days afterward. 
Cool. But not Finland still, right? No, Finland Finland was a while ago. Finland what? was first. Oh, are they all the Nordic countries in then? Um, yep. uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah, so uh, fuck you, Russia. You want to know the stupidest take that I heard on this? You know that I do. The day that it happened, I was listening to NPR News in the morning, like I do every morning, because, I don't know, I'm still a liberal cuck or some shit, <laughs> and the, the announcer said, uh, Ukraine was not admitted into NATO, despite having been asking for years, <laughs> and like, with this super disapproving tone of voice, and I'm like, you know, you could have just restated that as, the US declined to declare war on Russia. Right? <laughs> you can't let you someone into NATO who's already at war with Russia. The, yeah, like that's literally fuck? that's literally in the section of the NATO treaty that governs letting other people into NATO. NATO. It, <laughs> like that's the level at which it's forbidden to allow someone who's currently at war into NATO. Well, I mean, despite the letter of the law, if you become an ally of someone who is at war at that time, you have literally just declared war on who they're at war with. That's what being an ally means. Yeah. It's it's so fucking stupid. Like, the really crazy thing is that, like, this is ultra blue democratic NPR. And I'm like, it, when I was a youngin, which I realize is over a century ago now, the Democrats were like the peace party and not having more. And now they're like, why haven't we declared war on Russia yet? Like, when the fuck did everything turn around backwards like this? Oh, they aren't backwards. The Republicans are still pro-war. Well, okay. When did the Democrats become the Republicans? I mean... The Republicans are all out there being like, I don't know about this Ukraine country. We should just, uh, we we should just, just probably stop provoking people, you know? Just saying, it doesn't feel like there's an anti-war party. I mean, there never there is one. Ash. There is one. Just the most they've ever gotten in a presidential election is like five point six percent. It's true. Are you talking about the Libertarians? Yes. I, I don't have trouble even counting them as a party. I yeah, not because I they're too. small, just because of how they are. Yeah, that that's honestly a fair and valid life decision. Uh, tangentially related, I came across a great tweet recently. A tweet? Uh, yeah, so there's this uh, quote from the British invasion of, or British colonization of India about uh, basically... Someone's protesting to the imperial governor about how they need to keep burning widows alive on their husband's pyres because it's a tradition. And oh, yeah. the guy replies, okay, well, you're welcome to continue observing your tradition, but we also have a tradition of hanging people who burn women alive. So go ahead and build your pyres, and we're going to build gallows right next to them. Uh, and Eigenrobot tweeted, uh, be it so, the conquest of Eastern Europe is Russia's custom. Prepare your artillery. But we in the West also have a custom. When a nation invades our clients, we strangle their economy, arm our client, and grind the invader to dust. Let us all act according to national customs. I mean, it's, he's not wrong. it's true. Yeah, where is the lie? <laughs> no lies detected. All right. Next story for something more frivolous. The Hollywood actors have gone on strike. And nobody cares because the writers were already on strike. Yeah. So nothing was getting produced anyway. And now the actors are in on it. You want to know about the weirdest thing about this? What is the weirdest thing about this? 
well, what I considered the weirdest thing is that the day that it happened, I heard a whole bunch of things which absolutely fucking outrageous. And I was like, holy shit, I would strike to. Okay, what I heard is that the uh, Hollywood, I don't know, whoever holds power over the actors, whoever is on the other side of the, the contract. Studios. The studios. Is it the studio? The corporation. That studio system. Okay, it was well, the corporation, Zeniash. They're behind everything. It was one guy in a top hat and a cigar. <laughs> Mr. Hollywood. (laughs) Mr. Hollywood proposed that background performers, like all the extras you see in the background, should be able to be scanned uh, by computers, get one day's pay, and then the companies should own that scan, their image, their likeness, and should be able to use it for the rest of eternity on any project they want with no further consent or compensation. Wow, sounds pretty outrageous. Yeah, and uh, I was like, Jesus, I would would absolutely um, strike if I was subjected to that as well good good for you actors uh, um, uh Inish, i have bad news for you what, what is the bad news um the, the terms and conditions of the mind killer podcast mean i get to use your voice for whatever i want in perpetuity damn it did i click on that I, i'm I afraid you clicked. did wow well you know i should have joined the union <laughs> all i can say is that um you could have 11 voiced 11 labs my voice this whole time and not been paying me i also have bad news for you <laughs> am, am i an ai am i stuck in the internet and only think that i have a penis no Eniash, you have a penis <laughs> oh, thank but God. i'm not paying you uh, <laughs> <laughs> well let's see an ai come up with these takes uh the the counter to this is that no, apparently now you have to give takes my, my, uh <laughs> it's it, <laughs> Let's see an AI it's... come with these takes. Uh... I see. I was talking about all the takes prior and all the future takes, but not literally that second of takes. All right. So tell us about this outrageous proposal from uh, the the Hollywood studios. Real quick. When I heard that, I, I just assumed, yeah, you know, that, that sounds evil. And I accept that Hollywood studios are basically completely evil. So I believed it without thinking much more about it did you guys come across this before i had just mentioned it and what did you think of so uh i did i came across it when i looked at our outline oh i did not i had not heard about it and uh if i had i probably would have doubted because i assume everything organized labor says is lies until i am given evidence to the contrary yeah i didn't notice that this was a uh a quote from the labor representatives. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, well, that's, that sounds like a ridiculous proposal. I'm sure they'll withdraw that immediately. Yeah, it turns out they they didn't have to withdraw it because they'd never proposed it in the first place. Womp womp. <laughs> At least according to the guy in the top hat with the cigar, he says that, in fact, the current AMPTP, that's, I don't know, that's the organization. It's the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Oh, thank you. Uh, Only permits a company to use the digital replica of a background actor in the motion picture for which the background actor is employed. Any other use requires the background actor's consent and bargaining for the use subject to a minimum payment. Well, of course, Mr. Hollywood said that. Yeah, so somebody's lying. And uh, I don't know. I think somebody at some point should leak the actual contract that was given, that was proposed, so that we can see. (sighs) The whole thing is stupid. The whole thing's very stupid. The whole strike is stupid. (laughs) These streaming services don't make any money. Just the idea that someone would propose, you know, we give you $100 once or $200, and then we own your likeness for all eternity with no consent or compensation. 
it, it it seems so ridiculous that I should have pressed X to doubt at the very beginning. Probably should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, score one for my rule of thumb: reorganize labor. Do better, yes. people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. So, if you'll recall our episode on the writer's strike, we went pretty in-depth as, like, what it was they wanted and what the disputes were. Uh, Mm. I'm not doing that on this one. They want more money. (laughs) That's what they want. Mm. And there isn't any money because streaming services don't make any money. So, could be a long strike. I don't know. Uh, Eniash, I'm I'm disappointed in you because you told us that this was going to lead to, like, some sort of creative renaissance. And uh, I haven't seen shit yet. <laughs> they still have a lot of stuff in the can. Uh, I don't know. Let's. I. The problem with this creative renaissance thing is that I don't actually watch TV anymore. So there may be a creative renaissance going on right now, and I just don't know about it. There isn't. Okay. But maybe you could be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, I am doing creative stuff all the time, sir. You're doing creative stuff right now. That's true. Is this creative? I yes. think so. Okay, cool. Rock on. <laughs> We make up half these stories. <laughs> <laughs> and it's up to the audience to figure out which half is the made-up half. <laughs> oh, no, they don't know. They're a bunch of morons. <laughs> this is The whole thing is just a test of your rationality. Yeah, this is an epistemic spot check. You don't know this, but out of the past 86 episodes, there have been 86 false stories, one in each episode. you got to figure out which one it was. <laughs> no, they don't. We tell them on the next episode. No, that's, that's, what, the, okay. that's what the David was wrong segment is. Well, David, you gotta you gotta slip in more of these fake news stories because you've been slacking. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we can move on to AI news. What's All going right. on with the robot overlords? The big news out of the last fortnight is that OpenAI, which is the company that has uh, it's the big company. If you've heard about AI, you've heard about OpenAI doing stuff. They did the ChatGPT things. Oh, they're the one with that dreamy CEO, right? Yes, the Sam Altman. Sam Altman. Mm-hmm. Uh, OpenAI has he committed won't be 20... in jail in five years. That sounds like you're predicting that he will be in jail in five years. No, I, no, I said he the specifically predicted the opposite of that. Why don't you listen, Eniash? But he did it in a tone of voice <laughs> that implies he believes the opposite, despite what his words literally don't were. Tone police me on my own podcast. <laughs> Why would you even bring it up if you thought that there was a 0% chance he'd be in jail? The- Base rates. <laughs> what? Why do you think he might go to jail, Wes? Oh, uh, embezzlement, uh, corruption. He you know, CEO to embezzle stuff. anything. He's the CEO of fucking OpenAI. All right. So what's he up to? Ah, so he has said, or at least OpenAI has said, but I'm sure he was involved in this decision, uh, that OpenAI will commit, or not will commit, is committing 20% of their secured compute and a new task force to solve the alignment problem within four years. All Uh, right, before we get into the story, can I say how annoying I find the term compute? I've heard this take before, but never heard why. Yes, explain. So, can you explain? What is compute? Uh... At the Anything base level, that probably provides flux. computational power. CPUs, GPUs, TPUs, basically any component, any computer program with uh, PU as the ending <laughs> substring. <laughs> so, th- couldn't they just call it processing? Uh, no, because that's what, that's what compute does. Right. You so, sound like the kind of person that would get mad about horsepower because we don't use horses. No, I'm no, I'm mad specifically because it's a verb that they're using as a noun. 
What? This is English. We noun our verbs and we verb our nouns all the time. Yeah, and I hate it. Oh, well, you can go yell at clouds some more then. I'm. Th- that's what I'm doing. <laughs> good, good. This is what the people are here for. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. All right. Well, I said my piece. Oh, okay. You okay. go ahead and, and tell us about this new AI alignment task force that's definitely going to work. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, but the, the good news is that uh, 20% of all of OpenAI's com- compute is, in fact, a lot of resources. Uh, they're throwing some big, not just in terms of compute, but also big manpower at this. A uh, lot of good people on their team. Uh, looks like they're taking the actually se- the issue seriously, and and they actually know what alignment is. They're using, for some reason, the term super alignment, because old alignment has now been co-opted to mean, like, not be racist when judging tests or something. Super alignment. No, but that's they- AI safety. Are they calling that well, alignment now? They call Can we have all sorts no of words? things everything? We we have to add super to them oh so that God. people know. Yeah. Well, this one's just uh, going to get colonized too. God, I hope not. Uh, but they they define what they're trying to do is how do we ensure AI systems much smarter than humans follow human intent? So actually doing the thing we want done by solving alignment. Is that what we want? Human intent? Yeah. That that's basically what alignment means. It's not what it's not enough to be friendly, but alignment is step one to getting to friendliness i thought alignment was friendliness mm, i think friendliness is beyond just alignment i feel like all right i guess human maybe things probably are probably the best you know. can get yeah. okay uh, so i did a quick physiognomy check on sam altman uh because you guys referred to him as dreamy and the last time i heard uh rationalist talking about a uh, ceo in this um in these terms it was Sam Bankman-Fried, and, well, I've already said my bit about his physiognomy, and fuck Hence me if Sam Altman comment. doesn't... Yeah, and fuck me if Sam Altman doesn't check out. Right? Got a That's good, a sexy man. Good pronounced jawline, a nice noble brow, a well-formed a noble nose. Brow. Yeah. Blue eyes, sir. Look at those eyes. Yeah. Okay, tentative thumbs up to open AI. <laughs> straight white teeth like just all sorts of yeah good smile pretty smile all right Eniash, do you want to continue with your story or do you oh, just want to we were uh, i, I thought we were reading sam, sam altman sam altman some more no, no, no like like on a on a hot or not scale <laughs> one to ten does he have positive canthal tilt is the question oh god uh nope looks looks either neutral or negative hmm, i don't know i guess according to the rules he can't be higher than a seven okay Eniash. yeah when I was like, do you want to finish your story or talk, <laughs> get more of a boner about Sam Altman? That was yeah. rhetorical. I was telling well, you to finish you, your story. You, now you know not to leave me options. <laughs> Learned my lesson. Thank you. I, I'm glad I was able to teach you something. Uh, the bad news behind all this is that the proposed solution to solving alignment is to make an AGI solve alignment for us. Yeah! Literally, Literally, the pull quote from their release is, build a roughly human-level automated alignment researcher. And call it the Torment Nexus. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, well, you, you, need to, uh, you need to align your AI aligner before no! you can use it to align up. <laughs> That's what the AI is for. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but, you know. It can they, just they, align they... itself. <laughs> I, I don't want to like say they're being dumb because this is OpenAI. They obviously have some idea of what they're doing. Yeah, well, let Yudkowsky do that. 
The silver lining on all this is that they want to start with a dumb, basic system and bootstrap it up with a lot of tests and verifications and stuff along the way. I just don't have very much hope for this happening, um, well, and... I don't know. I don't think very many other people do either, but it is a show of actual trying. They're dedicating resources, they're putting good people on it, they are taken seriously, so it's something. It's better than nothing. I think V said it was good. He said it was better than nothing. Yeah, he he also was... said he doesn't think it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, but still good. Yeah, I believe well, my point E down here, uh, the pull quote I got from Zvi's post that wasn't Zvi, but someone basically summarizing what everybody's feeling more than I was expecting and more than any competitor is doing. So, you know, that's that's something. Uh, gotta give mad props to OpenAI. They do say we plan to share the fruits of this effort broadly and view contributing to alignment and safety of non-OpenAI models as an important part of our work. So, good. That would be funny if they didn't think that. <laughs> And we're like, well, we aligned our AI. <laughs> Good luck, suckers. We're heading <laughs> what off to Mars. What are you up to? Kill, killer robots? Huh? Anybody? Uh, two names to look out for. This is being co-led by Ilya Stutzkev, Stutzkever and Jan or Jan, I'm not sure, depending on the nationality, like or leak. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a lot of help. I was going to say, I don't know how you mangled those names, but I am sure you did. I'm pretty sure it's Jan Leica. Jan Leica. Okay, the spelling is in the show notes, and since you're mostly going to be reading these names, uh, look at the show notes to see these two names that you are going to be seeing a lot of. They're going to be the, you know, like, not quite Sam Altman level name that you're going to be getting used to, but, but near there. They're going to be the first ones absorbed by the killer AI. Entirely possible. All right, tell us about uh, Eliezer's continuing slide into corruption and madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Eliezer recently spoke to Representative Dan Crenshaw. He is the one with the eye patch uh, about AI stuff. And, I mean, there's nothing new the in the video. The hilarious one with the eye patch. <laughs> there's nothing new in the video. It's all stuff that we already know, basic one-on-one stuff. But he's speaking to an actual representative from the U.S. House of Representatives directly one-on-one. So, you know, that that's a good sign. They're, they're taking this stuff somewhat seriously. I, I see that this is a YouTube does Dan Crenshaw just have a YouTube show? Uh, apparently he, yes, Hold These Truths is the name of the show, I guess. Yeah, look at that, he does. Yeah. Hold, oh, it's a podcast that he that he just he throws up on YouTube, because that's what people do now. That is where all the you podcasts are going now for some bizarre reason. People like watching them, I don't know. I See, I listen to podcasts on YouTube sometimes, I never watch them, because all the information is in the words. Why do I need to see people's faces? I don't know, man, ask the Zoomers. Zoomers are weird. Yeah, kids I, today. <laughs> I am not wearing a shirt for like 30% of these recordings. Don't and... tell me that. I didn't want to know that. You know, I'm also not wearing a shirt, but I think that could actually increase our listenership. <laughs> <laughs> well, Enia, you not wearing a shirt is fine. No. I should, uh, I should start, maybe if I start like dancing while I'm delivering the news, we can like really get those numbers up. Only if we go on the Chinese spy platform, which if we do, I will not only quit the show, I will also kill both of you. <laughs> you gotta find us first. I know where you live, both of you. I've been to your houses. <laughs> there is a flaw in my plan. Uh, right. Did anyone they watch this uh, Dan Crenshaw interview? I watched about 10 minutes of it, and yeah, it was very basic stuff. All right. Well, that's probably good for his audience. Yeah, and for him. Oh, yeah, probably him too. I like Dan Crenshaw. He was uh, he was really funny on Saturday Night Live, um, and he had that amazing um, ad 
where he was like air dropping into like a Trump rally and like <laughs> fighting Antifa. <laughs> it was awesome. Nice. I did a whole troop deployment about how great it was. Oh, that's this guy. Yeah, that's that guy. Cool. Uh, all, right. all right. Well, what's what other what other what's the the last AI news story? The last AI news story is, of course, the most important AI news story. There was a Geneva AI forum where they had a bunch of Android robots, humanoid-ish robots uh, on stage saying things that they were programmed to say. One of these things that these robots said was that they promised, they promised, sir, they will not steal the humans' jobs or rebel against humans. So we're safe. If they're not going to steal our jobs, what the fuck are they for? I... Sex? <laughs> That's jobs for humans! God damn it, you're We're right. We're gonna steal our blowjobs! <laughs> wow, look at Mr. Fancy Blowjobs over here. I only get the hand jobs. <laughs> oh, we just found our episode title. <laughs> <laughs> Took our blowjobs! <laughs> so yeah, problem solved. We're good. Alright, good. <laughs> Thanks, Geneva AI Robots. <laughs> Uh, I guess that brings us to happy news. Good Yay! news, everyone. All right. First happy news story. Uh, somebody made a really, really white paint. Ooh, is this like the Vonta Black of White? It, I think it is like the Vonta Black of White. Um, and the cool thing about it is that if we painted it on 2% of the Earth's surface, it would completely stop climate change. That sounds like a lot of paint. That is a lot of paint. Okay. That also sounds like geoengineering, so environmentalists are going to be opposed. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, environmentalists, they hate anything that's not like we have to sacrifice everything that we love. Um, but fuck those guys. Uh, and let's just paint the top of every building with this. I just recorded an episode with uh, Yassin Mahmoud. God, I can't say that. You are so and, uh, bad at names today. <laughs> the environmentalists we have decided are the pro-slavery party. You will have to listen to the episode to understand why. I might actually listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike your usual <laughs> shit podcast. <laughs> you know, it does have me on it, so you can't expect great things. 2% of the, like, is that the entire Earth's surface or is that the 2% of the landmass? Um, I think it was the entire surface. Wow, so that'd be like 6 7% of the landmass. Yeah. It's Damn. also the typical amount of a Bayesian conspiracy podcast that's actually on topic. Oh! Not well, wrong. now we may have to resort to fisticuffs. <laughs> Name the time and place. <laughs> uh aren't they doing fisticuffs in vegas uh musk and um musk and zoidberg who's the what? guy zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe they're they're talking about it uh That's some cool. people you know some people think it may actually happen you know what's gonna happen they're gonna become best friends after they beat the shit out of each other i mean yeah, this is that how, is how males bond work. Yeah. Either, Do we want that either to happen? Or they're going to kiss. By the way, did, oh, we, uh, better. did we talk about the sphere in Vegas yet? We did not. I okay. don't even. I keep hearing about this Vegas orb. What the fuck I is it? I count this as happy news. Yeah, so, uh, they, so they built a giant orb in Vegas where the entire exterior of the orb is paneled with, um, like with LCD screens. Uh, eh? Yeah, LCD screens. Uh, so they can, like, 
put up the name of whoever's there. I think it's like a big performance concert hall thing, but... But the first thing they did with it was make a giant creepy eyeball. Yes, and also they didn't realize that um, uh, HackerCon, I believe, is in Vegas this year. Okay. So the second thing that's going to go up on it is almost certainly going to be Goatsy. <laughs> nice. Now wait a minute. Is is it not always showing stuff all the time? I don't know. <laughs> well, so it wouldn't be the second thing if they've already moved on to something past the eyeball. Oh well, yes, but it, it's funny if I say it that way and not some other way. <laughs> okay, my bad. Yeah, she'll understand someday. Yeah. What is this humor you Earthlings speak of? I'll explain it later. Oh. I'll tell you when you're older. Mm. All right. Um. What? Is our next happy news. Eniash, what's going on in China? China has automated some trucking. Uh, There is a trucking company there that has logged over 40 million kilometers in the last two years with no accidents. Mm. Uh, What is is that in real distance? uh, Like 23 million miles. All right. Yeah, uh, it's used by Budweiser, Nestle, several other companies flying around China's highways with no drivers. Budweiser, we hate them. Do we? Yeah, they they gave that trans woman a... A Bud Light. Oh, okay, so, yes. Uh, we're I, very I angry them. about that still. Yeah. Also, Nestle, like, steals water from Africa? Bummer. I, I don't know, man. I, it's hard to keep up with everything that all these companies are doing. <laughs> it's all it's all bad shit. Yeah. Um, But that's cool. Automated trucking is cool. Right. Now we're going to put some people out of jobs. Well, I mean, it'll it does have some downsides. That's true, but that is the case with all technological improvements no, in productivity. We're pro putting people out of jobs here. Yes, because then that way people can relax. Yeah, and, and also, also it, it means makes we don't have to pay people to do things. For the people who consume whatever those people were doing. Right, that's the good reason. Thank you. <laughs> every every labor saving device puts someone out of a job, Eniash. It and that is good. Yes. Cool. Less yeah. work is good. Yes, agreed. As, as V says, work is a cost, not a benefit. Yes, I didn't know V said that. That's a good quote. Yes. Cool. Um, but that is very cool. Why don't we have these in the U.S.? Um, China... I'm going to go ahead and suggest that... Well, this is coming out of China, so it's possible that the uh, numbers are approximately as made up as the typical <laughs> whose line is it anyway score... Uh, but if it is real, then I'm guessing regulation and or the Teamsters Union. Probably both. Uh, yeah, I guess whenever I whenever I hear people blaming, uh, you know, our regulations and unions, uh, my question is, well, why aren't other countries doing this? But now here we are. So I guess I got to give it to you. There is no Chinese Jimmy Hoffa. OK. <laughs> uh, all right. What's going on in another insignificant country, Canada? Oh, this was my story. (laughs) So Canada has vastly expanded its immigration system in the past year, uh, which is very cool. They've like doubled the amount of immigrants coming in. Oh, that is nice. That is mega base of them. Yeah. And they were like, "Um, wait a minute. We're having our our population growth is slowing down. Let's Mm -hmm. um, let's just take more and more more immigrants. So they did. Uh, Canada has a like uh, points-based system, uh, so you have to have skills or money or skills and money uh, to get in. Uh, but they're letting in way more people, um, and they're also letting in more refugees, which cool. is the ones that you know piss everybody off. Oh, 
Well, no, but like it doesn't seem like Canada is really getting pissed off about it. So oh, okay. even better. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones. They're the, so taking in refugees. I was just reading about this. Is when people, anyone, anywhere complains about illegal immigration or like too many immigrants or whatever, they're almost always talking about asylum seekers. Uh, nobody's really that upset when the uh, people at the people that go through the legal immigration. Um, no, in America, that's mostly because that's very difficult to do, and very few people do it. But even in other countries that have like backlashes against all the immigration, it's almost always asylum seekers. So you'd think, you know, if Canada's like, we're going to expand our immigration, we're going to take in more immigrants, you'd think they'd just do like the skills based stuff and be like, yeah, but we don't want the refugees. But no, they've also expanded the amount of refugees they're taking in. So pretty good, pretty good on you, Canada. Okay. All right. What's next? Flying cars. Yeah, speaking about regulation strangling things, uh, a flying car prototype just got an airworthiness certificate from the FAA. Hey, Uh, regulatory approval. I know, it's kind of crazy. It happens every now and then. Uh, This certificate allows them to test it. It is certified for testing. All right. So, I guess that's something. Yeah, have they already been cleared by the... I think it's called, like, the National Highway Safety Administration? It has not. (laughs) Yeah, because that's the thing that really sucks about flying car regulation. It's really easy to get, or relatively easy-ish to get either of those certifications, but to get a flying car, you need both, and the requirements are non-overlapping at best and outright contradictory at worst, so unfortunately I need to be the buzzkill again and say... It's not really news until a uh, flying car prototype has both of those certs. No, okay, it's fine. well, it's gonna get. Let's it. delete this and uh, edit out, Wes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, we'll do that. <laughs> um, the car is super awesome. It it drives like a car, and it looks like some weird futuristic car. And then it like turns sideways and flips on its side to fly. Like it's got, um, is it is it like propellers or rockets or or what's it got? Propellers. It's got propellers. So it's got yeah. propellers like under the car, and then it just turns sideways to fly. Yeah. It's, and the little capsule where you sit rotates. It looks. Oh wow, like a that spaceship. is really cool. Yeah. I was going to go with Batmobile, but yeah, it also kind of looks like a spaceship. Yeah. No, it looks like a Batmobile when it's driving, but when it's flying, it looks like a spaceship. Eh, you, calling it a Batmobile makes it sound much cooler than it actually is. I mean... I mean, it looks it looks kind of cool, but it's not Batmobile levels of cool. All right, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's got the humps over the wheel well, which is the main thing I think of when I think Batmobile, but... <laughs> Maybe, like... You, you don't think about bat wings on it and also a rocket in the back? Not really, honestly. <laughs> wow, okay, you guys are weird. <laughs> All right, well, it looks very cool. It Speaking does. of rockets, yes. what's our next story? The, the largest ever fusion rocket is now being built in the UK. The fuck is a fusion rocket? It's basically a plasma torch. It, it's what the sci-fi nerds who read sci-fi The fuck would, is a plasma torch? It's when you heat up things very, very hot so they turn into plasma and shoot it out the ass end of your ship to rocket it forward. Hey, so this is a propulsion <laughs> system? Yes, it is a propulsion system. We're going we to shoot stuff into space with it? I, In theory. All right. Uh, plasma is notor- notoriously hard to work with, and also it has the word fusion in it, so that makes me uh, have some alarm bells go off in my head. But 
they're they're building it. They're trying to get this thing doing, and it's scheduled to start firing in 2027. I assume start firing to test it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty fucking cool because if this sort of thing does happen, it'll make travel between the planets so much faster and easier. I mean, if you want to travel between planets. I certainly will want to travel between planets, because how are we going to trade with our Martian neighbors once we colonize Mars without something like this? I guess uh, guess we'd have to use worse rockets. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's pretty cool. We'll check back in four years to see how that's going. Right. Also, slightly worrisome, because, David, you are already aware of this, I'm sure, but any engine powerful enough to propel a ship is also a giant-ass weapon. Uh, you just aim it at something that you want destroyed, and it'll destroy it. So, you know. Oh, I saw hey. that in the Avatar movie. Yeah, I mean, oh, really? they they already have ICBMs, so I'm not sure how much marginal benefit this will get them. But, yes, that is true. Cool. Okay, uh, last happy news is the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory is testing a flow battery. This is a type of battery that uses two different liquids flowing past each other uh, between, uh, separated by a thin, thin membrane uh, to generate current. It is a type of battery that is designed for grid storage because it is large capacity, long-term storage of electricity, uh, much better, supposedly, than lithium-ion for this sort of long-term big capacity stuff like you get just from power generation for the grid. Uh, they have tested one that has had over a year of continuous use and charge-discharge cycles with minimal loss of capacity. It actually finally failed when one of the plastic tubes uh, wore out, so uh, I guess you get better plastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, this, this is... Of tubes. <laughs> nice. Good reference. Uh, all the young people are, are very confused right now. Oh, it's made with only iron, salt, and water. We have lots no. of those. The old ones were only iron, salt, uh. and water. This one includes a simple sugar to make it better. Ooh, we have lots of that, too. We do, yeah. No lithium so, required. None. Pretty sweet. I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how much how much of an improvement it is over gravity batteries, but uh, it's something. I'm glad we're working on multiple options. All right. Well, that's happy news, which takes us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And this time, we're going to start with Eniash. <sighs> okay. Um, this is response to last episode's thing where I said that perhaps somebody should not flee from the cops if they have been stopped by the cops and maybe the cops are justified in trying to stop that person using extraordinary measures if he is fleeing from them i i have some history behind why i hold this view uh i am slowly getting over my whole misandry hating of men thing which is very good for my psychological health and i have the gentlemen on this podcast to thank at least uh, partially for that sort of thing so thank you guys one of the reasons one of the reasons I hate dudes, uh, hated dudes, and I'm hating them less, is because of the violence. Uh, we're responsible, the male sex is responsible for almost all violence, and it really fucks up society, and specifically, in my case, uh, it fucks up sexual dyna- dynamics between men and women. One of the things women are most scared of is sexual predation by men. It is a constant fear in their lives. It, it enrages me to no end that this is a thing they have to deal with, and... I learned, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, that the vast majority of sexual assaults are done by a tiny fraction of men. And 
the problem is women can't tell which men are those men, and all of us are fucked by it. And I really, really wish there was some way just to weed those fuckers out of the population so we can actually have decent lives for everyone on the planet and better, happier, more open sexuality. Anyways, this is a personal thing about me. Interesting corollary to this, 1% of the population is responsible for almost two-thirds of all violent crime. Uh, I learned that just a few years ago, and it triggered that same rage within me. 1% of the people out there are making society shit for everyone else and imposing huge costs on all of us because it drastically degrades the quality of life for everyone. It reduces social trust immensely. We have to pay tons in security and other features that we need just to protect ourselves. What, what, why can't we do something about this 1%? And I realize it is a problem. It is not that easy. There is many corrupting influences. And, you know, it doesn't help that we made drugs illegal and basically just created an entire class of criminals for no fucking good reason at all. We, the governments that have made drugs illegal, are basically like the Batman out there that created their own Joker. And they're like, Joker, why do you keep killing people? And it's like, well, maybe if you hadn't dropped a comedian in a vat of acid, you wouldn't have this problem, governments. <sighs> so... I realize there are various issues with um, just stopping violent crime, but seriously, stopping those 1% of people from being on the streets and destroying the rest of society for the rest of us is a pretty high priority in my opinion and really should be. So if you're running away from the cops, just, just don't because if you are running away from them, I'm gonna assume you might be one of that 1%, and I'm kind of okay with that 1% taking a bullet now and then, if it'll make the rest of the society better. I am sorry if that makes me an authoritarian, I don't think it does, but that, that is my spicy troop deployment for this, this quarter. Alright, Eniash, thank you for that stirring defense of fascism. <laughs> yeah. uh, for a rebuttal, we'll go to David. Okay, yeah, so everything Eniash just said is true. Uh, it doesn't make you a uh, bad libertarian, it just makes you a bad Bayesian. <laughs> so if 1% of criminals are responsible for all violent crime, and two let's say, uh, uh, if 1% of the population is responsible for two-thirds of, the, of violent crime, then that means that any, for any given police encounter, and let's remember specific the specifics of the case under discussion here. The police didn't have any specific reason to suspect this guy in particular of any serious crimes. Uh, and if, say, I don't know, 10% are kind of skittish and will run from the police even if they haven't committed any crimes or have only committed minor crimes, then that means the vast majority of people most of whom are not criminals, are, uh, are even the vast majority of people who run for the police, since most people are not criminals, will, in fact, not be in that 1%. In fact, 92% of the people you encounter will not be in that 1%. Yes. Uh, so, this means that uh, while that is true, while everything Enosh said is true, from a Bayesian perspective, and this is a Bayesian podcast, uh, that doesn't actually justify this particular shooting, nor any other specific shooting where the police don't have very good reason uh, up above and beyond the person ran away to believe that the specific person they're encountering is in fact in that 1%. 
also re um uh re women being scared of sexual uh predation and therefore being skittish around all men i realize this might be something of a hot take but i am known to occasionally indulge in victim blaming so i will say the better solution to that is just teach women math better like Bayesian statistics aren't that hard, and numeracy solves a hell of a lot of social problems if it's sufficiently widely spread. David, everyone knows women can't do math. <laughs> you said it. All right, thank you, David. And uh, a quick shout out to BayesCalc.io, which is a new website someone from Less Wrong created to let you easily calculate uh, Bayes' theorem. Which is where I got that 92% number. Well, that 92% number kind of assumes that cops stop a random sampling of the population. Yes, but that sort of nitpicking is not appropriate for the troop deployment segment. Very well. Also, that's how Bayes' theorem works. You get to start with your prior. I have a different prior on who the cops stop. All right. Whatever. Uh, My troop deployment is about rethinking communal living. Uh, We've pointed out a number of ways that modern life encourages isolation. None more so than the communities we live in. In cities, nobody talks to each other, mostly because of the reasonable assumption that anyone approaching you, even if they start off just acting friendly, is about to ask you for something. Outside of cities, we tend to stay shut up in our houses and nuclear families. Maybe we say hi to our neighbors every once in a while, but there are few opportunities for genuine connection. Now, the only time I ever lived in a situation where I made real friends with the people living close by was my college dorm. I knew everyone on my floor and a bunch of people in the building. We all hung out together all the time. It was great, but it's not really well-suited for adult living. I'm too old for randomly assigned roommates and shared kitchens and bathrooms. Now, what would be nice is to have a hybrid of the two. Everyone in their own self-contained apartment with a private bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, and living room, but with lots of common spaces. Game rooms where you can go play cards, pool, or board games with other residents. A dining hall where you can eat if you don't feel like cooking. Rooms where you can watch movies, a gym where you can exercise together, play sports, a community garden, walking and biking trails, a shared pool. Your apartment would be big enough that you could stay there all day by yourself if you wanted, but there would be endless opportunities to leave the apartment and have real, meaningful interactions with your neighbors and lots of activities to do together. Now, thinking about this, I realize I've been in this exact facility. I used to visit my grandparents there all the time. It's called a nursing home. They have everything I just described. Now, I'm used to hearing about nursing homes as if they're sad places where old people get stuck when their kids don't want to deal with them, but they actually seem kind of awesome. I'm looking forward to getting stuck in one. Now, the real question is, where are the nursing homes for the rest of us? Do we need to wait until retirement age to live a less isolated existence? Why aren't there facilities like this for younger people? And maybe somebody should build one. Oh, I have good news for you. Oh, what's that? People are building things like this. All right, where at? Uh, the ones I know of are in the Bay Area, but I think there's uh, some in New York, and they're, they're spreading. Well, let me know when they start building them in a remotely livable place. There is one in Denver right now. Hey I now. was just at a class by the, by the lady who runs it and uh, trying to learn how to make a similar thing for other people. All right, sweet. Sounds based. Yeah, yeah. Be the change you want to see in the world. All right. Well, that's our show for this fortnight. Please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Substack. You'll get episodes about a day early. You'll get access to all of our bonus episodes, which are awesome. And you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel, where you can come tell Enia she's dumb and can't do Bayesian math. It's true. Uh, Come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.